0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Oz Network for our continued coverage of Total Drama Island on the Oz Network. I don't know if I said that, but I'm saying it again because we're here on the Oz Network covering Total Drama Island. If you are not aware, um, if you accidentally clicked on this episode and you're like, oh, whoop, this is not what I wanted. I wanted last last uh, yesterday's episode. We'll go back, listen to that, and then come back here, and we'll we'll wait. And now that you're back,
0: we are going <laughs> to you, pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> we, had to,
1: we had to wait. I don't want to think that they were we abandoned them. Well, they're back now. <laughs> um, and we're back. Two days in a row here to cover the show that we all know and love so very well. Or at least two-thirds of us know love very well. And one of us is just a blind virgin. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to last week's, that makes sense. If not, go back, listen to that. But uh, we're here to continue part two, episode two. I don't really know what the distinction is, but here to cover the second part of the premiere pretty much uh, with cliff diving, chicken hats, marshmallows, and scheming and strategizing and everything like that, and poison ivy and everything ab- about it. Um, as always, I am your host rossi and burp, burp, burp,
0: burp, burp. <laughs> <sighs> and my name is colin and we made interns record this episode first just to make sure it was safe
1: and my name
2: is jared and uh following on from the interns we had chef test this podcast and it is chef approved
1: <laughs> Yeah, so we had everyone test out this podcast to make sure it worked uh it didn't work quite as well as when we do it, but they did a good job to start. Um, uh, pay raise for the interns. Um, I don't think we pay them anything, so start paying them. We don't get
2: anyway. paid anything. <laughs> There's no money left after Chris's
0: cut.
1: <laughs> Colin, don't ruin the illusion. We get paid many millions. Oh, of sorry.
0: To work. <laughs> Keep those donations coming in, listeners.
1: Yes. <laughs> linked below this episode is our patreon page where you can support us <laughs> regularly which will help our, our our pockets um anyway we're not here to talk about that uh the episode part two the first episode essentially picked up where we left off i think it did a little previously on recap to just kind of get you up to speed if you missed and last week's episode if you were in america or if you went to the bathroom before the first episode ended in canada but they kind of recap it giving a little backstory on everything everyone is
0: and just in case you have to go to the the bathroom now feel free to well and now that we're back continue
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, so they start off right where they left off with the challenge you know jump off the cliff and within like kind of the large they have like a set up a boundary that's there and sort of within that boundary is a smaller boundary that's kind of like the quote-unquote safe zone because in outside of the safe zone are these hungry sharks that are waiting to chomp on you. And so essentially you get a point per person surviving, uh, not necessarily like being unharmed or making it into the safe zone, just surviving the sharks and the, the, the cliff jump itself. Um, and if you don't, you're going to apparently get a chicken hat because that's how you... <laughs> Uh, deal with people who chicken out of the challenge um, obviously this has been a challenge that has, not this specifically but like references a famous old survivor challenge where mm-hmm. they had to jump off a little bit of a smaller much smaller cliff uh, than this one but um, is a fun callback to remember the Australian Outback but uh, very but it like hams it up goes all against the wall with like sharks and sort of parodying that they have to jump off like a huge cliff and all this kind of stuff that like makes it like quintessential like total drama island challenge um call over some of your initial impressions of like the very first challenge of this show
0: i mean i i think the three of us and any of our listeners who also watch survivor instantly got this is australian outback this is you know episode two jump off the cliff um just on steroids, you know. Like, <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that, as the blind virgin coming in, you know, you can kind of get the impression of you. Uh, what is this show? Because I sort of said, like, I'm not quite sure. In the first episode, is this, you know, a show for kids? Is it for teenagers? Or for adults? Is it for everybody? They just throw a little bit of everything in there. Is it a great parody of reality television? I I really love that they used a real challenge because. You know, we're going to see later on in the season, there's just completely made up challenges. They're just so ridiculous and so absurd. But here it's like you would see this on reality TV. But let's just make it even more of a parody. So you don't just jump off a cliff. You you have the outside line (laughs) uh, and then you have the inside line. And in between those two lines are not just sharks, but they're psychotic man-eating sharks. Like I love that they had to throw in that they are psychotic. These are man-eating sharks that actually suffer from dangerous mental illness you know <laughs> it's just so absurd um and then the tiny little target they have to hit you know that's a great little amazing race thing you know we've seen a lot of uh you know you have to hit just this small target it's just it's a perfect you know replica of what you would see on reality tv uh and then uh, obviously with so many characters, I think that the thing that still catches me off guard with this show is in these early episodes here, the challenges literally go for almost the entire episode. And I think that has to do with the fact that there still are so many characters. And that's what sort of has me intrigued about this show. And don't spoil it for me now, because maybe it'll be different by the end of the season, but we have these episodes where for 22 minutes, you know, you're, dealing with 17 of those minutes just following the challenge, and then, and it listed this episode here, really no strategizing or anything at all because it doesn't exist in the game, and then the show's actually just going to evolve from there. And that's sort of my guess is that we'll probably get to the point when we're down to five, six people, it's going to be, you know, two minutes of a challenge and then the rest of it strategizing. But it's, it's kind of a cool idea that, you know, so many people on here, we just get an entire episode just on the challenge.
1: I definitely would... Uh... Not expect anything. I think one thing you can say um about this show is like what you think might happen might not happen just because they like this is loosely based on Survivor and loosely based on reality TV and they're just gonna, like you said, make up the rules as they go. Like like what is it, the improv the whose line is anyway thing, like everything is made up and the points yeah. don't matter. Mm-hmm. It's essentially like the epitome of this show. Like everything is made up, like like you said, and in then in the, we'll get to it in the next episode, but like the challenge is like made up essentially on the spot. Like, and the whole thing is about the deceit of what the challenge is. And then sort of making fun of like doing all this kinds of crazy stuff. And they like go off on these things. So I definitely, as a general note to you, don't prepare for anything because mm-hmm. what you think might happen might not actually happen. Um, and I think that that is a true staple of the entire series as a whole. Um, but yeah like you said this is just a great actual challenge to start off with Uh, did you Jared have any fond memories of rewatching this challenge thinking back to when you saw it again
2: I just love how over the top it is and I love how every challenge on this show is pretty much designed to like torture the contestants (laughs) it's that classic thing of um, reality TV contestants being willing to kind of do anything for fame uh, that I think they play really well uh throughout the series of like this is just designed to torture you it's it's unsafe, um but somehow we've got away with it um and I just love how they ham everything up. I love it's just not the cliff, it's the sharks in the water um everything's happening here um and the multi stages to the challenge i think is is a is a fun way to approach it as well,
1: and they do a a great job like. This also feels like a challenge it's like part fear factor like there's mm-hmm. like an element of like panic like will you actually do the challenge and then obviously if you don't you'll have to go down the escalator <laughs> to get out on the chicken path um, and then within the challenge itself they do a good job of like highlighting characters and really showing them who they are like you know Bridget like is one of the first people to jump and she does like a perfect dive versus Owen who's like the last one and creates the like typhoon <laughs> explosion at the end um, I think like Ezekiel like bounces off all the rocks like Tyler like hits one of the, the boys or buoys um, and then you know Harold does his like perfect split right on the water and so he's in agony and pain and you know Justin jumps in but he's not within the safe circle but he's not panicking because the sharks see him and they don't attack him because he's just so beautiful um, just yeah. the whole...
0: <laughs> I completely forgot about that when the sharks are looking at him and just look at his like perfectly glistening pecs and they're just like oh they just swim away it was just brilliant
1: Oh, we also should um, mention at this point that um, uh, Katie and Sadie are now on the same team because since they couldn't be apart um, Izzy volunteered to swap with Katie so Katie and Sadie are on the same team and then they jump together Um, So a little bit of a tribe swap in episode two. Uh, Survivor's never done that. Um, But yeah, just fun and then sort of like figuring out like which people are going to not jump. And then Courtney makes the decision, which will kind of be one of the major elements of the whole episode is that she decides not to jump because she takes a calculated risk that not enough of the other team are going to jump. And then within – jumping off the cliff like the team that does the most like it's not just you have to jump off the cliff you have to do the second part where you have to transport boxes back to the camp and the team that jumps has more people jump will have carts that they can use to pull these boxes whereas the other people are pushing it against the sand and sort of stuff like they layer this challenge with more stuff and then it gets even crazier because like you're gonna have to build a hot tub and just the ridiculousness of the stuff that they have to do but just, like, a great character moment and really highlights who some of these people are. I think that, you know, people like Colin may now be starting to figure out who is everyone now. <laughs> okay, at this point, roughly, how many people do you have down, Colin, do you think?
0: Uh, like half a dozen, maybe? <laughs> I mean, let, let's add one more because Katie and Sadie are two separate characters. <laughs> But, I mean, like, I get – I here's the thing. I get who all these characters are. I get what everybody has their quirk. And if I see the character, I'm like, okay, that's kid But remembering their names, that's the toughest part for me. Like, the, the one that I made a note of here is uh, – who says, I have a medical condition that prevents me from jumping off a cliff. Like, who is that? Courtney. Courtney, okay. So, yeah. Uh, again, if I saw Courtney, I'd know, okay, that's the one who has the medical condition or whatever. Um, but, no, like, everybody gets their – I think that's the other fun thing is that – it, it they're not really saying okay we're going to focus on just this one character for the storyline stuff that we're going to get you know y- you do get storylines that involve just individual characters but when it comes to the challenge because everybody has to do it and everybody has to be eliminated like everybody gets something and they make sure that there's a joke for all these characters like the uh you know the, the, the sharks and uh, Justin uh, Justin is the the perfectly beautiful man is that who was yeah yeah okay there we go yeah like everybody gets those fun little moments and like you said some that land on it um the the owen thing i think this is where the juvenile humor sort of like it comes and goes for me like sometimes i think it works sometimes it doesn't you know because him and just creating the table that was so predictable um but then when you see that the sharks have actually just washed on shore (laughs) like he's washed them on shore that i kind of liked uh but my favorite part, though, is just before the, the I think the dumb predictable joke of like, oh, and belly flopping. And then the wave just goes everywhere is when they say it's all up to him. And it's just the physical part of it where you see him with these really bad tan lines and he's squeezing the water wings on it. You just get like this very excited like, is he like, can't squeeze these water wings on it. Like those things really made me laugh. Um, I can't believe you completely skipped over the best part of this episode, though. Uh, when they, they said, like, oh, oh yeah, we, we make the interns do the stunts first, make sure it's safe, and they cut to the chef. And it's like, do I look like an intern to you? <laughs> like, that was probably my favorite part of the entire episode right there.
1: Yes, how could I forget the whole thing that started this episode, everyone talking about the interns. Uh, but, yeah, they, it's stuff like this that you'll see, like, they'll do cuts like this later on in the... The, the episodes where there's just like some like prep work, I think, like the chef will be doing something stupid. Like, he'll be dressing like I remember, I cannot remember which challenge or when, but like he'll dress up in like this random, like, like made costume for like no real reason. It's so stupid and so ridiculous, but it's just like, okay, yeah, that's that, that's what's mm-hmm. happening right now. Um, He'll be like, th- he'll ban a white in any of these challenges. Like, he'll just be there, like, kind of like doing the, the work that he needs to do in like some random costume or like he'll dress up or, or he'll do something stupid, some stupid stunt. So like definitely why I was like, chef is a more than just like just the chef. He like ends up being like a big part of the show and he's just like a great like foil to Chris, like Chris is full energy, like at the wall and then chefs like, I hate this. Um, and he's a little angry and, and grumpy, but it's just, their pairing is just too great. Um, And then we get a lot of great character scenes as we're kind of progressing up the beach as they're kind of bringing these carts along the way like Katie and Sadie go to the bathroom together but they get squat over Poison Ivy. Uh, Courtney gets like stung in the eye so she's got like a swollen eye for the rest of the episode. Um, And just stuff like that. And then Katie and Sadie are end up in the water later because their bottoms hurt and stuff like that. And then... Uh, like when they get to the beach like or when they get to the campsite Chris makes up the rule that they can only open the boxes with their teeth uh, and just stuff like that like and then sort of having to assemble this uh, hot tub because that's apparently um, what they wanted so much and so that and then the winners will obviously get this hot tub and stuff like that and then we get a little bit of some strategy i think at this point like heather's talking a little bit about strategies about how she can get things done and who she can kind of work with and align with and how she can kind of make sure that she's still safe no matter what happens in the episode and stuff like that um really which really kind of comes into fruition next episode but yeah the challenge is just getting it just gets more and more crazy like each step as you go like everything gets made up as you kind of go along and then Just all of the characters make it so great.
0: Jared, did you get a chance
2: to talk about the challenge yet? Uh, Not yet. I don't have much to add. I think um, the one moment that stands out to me is the uh, Lashawna-Heather feud coming uh, even more into the foreground after the first episode. Uh, and They kind of have this mouth up on top of the cliff, and then uh, Lashawna throws Heather um, safely into the ring, which is very kind of her. Um, so I love that we're kind of starting to see these these tensions build up between the characters. Um, I will say that I feel like it's always similar characters hi- that are highlighted at this point. There's a couple of characters who are completely invisible. I think but, uh, particularly on like the screaming gophers, there's like no real focus on um, I would say like Noah or Cody or even um, uh, Izzy, Apart from swapping tribes, is is fairly invisible at this point. Um, so while we're starting to get to know people, I can understand, like, there's so many characters left, it would be definitely hard to name some of the more minor players at this point.
0: That's pretty fair, because as you were talking, I was honestly ready to ask you, who's Noah and Cody?
1: Colin, you're not a fan. Get out of here.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm a blind virgin! Fan, no. You were once me, right?
1: Jared was once yeah, me. but I... I got on the the Total Drama Island website and they tried new everyone.
0: So you spoiled the series before it was over. Good for you.
1: (laughs) No, on the Total Drama website they would keep it up to date and they would black out the people like, like they were walking across the campsite and they would black out the people that were already eliminated. So if you were only up, you could stay up to date on who was eliminated and who was still competing. (laughs)
0: Who's the person there's one of the line that I uh noted here. Who's the one who said I thought this was going to be a talent contest?
1: <laughs>
2: Lindsay.
0: Lindsay. There. See every time there you go Rossi. every episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never remember her name, but I'm always like, "Oh, who's the one? Oh, that's and Rossi? It's Lindsay." Okay. So I I get the Lindsay love here.
1: ah uh, she's so good. Um and her she gets even better as the season goes on, but yeah, the the challenges at this kind, like at this point, are a little bit fading away. Like it's still the main point, but we're seeing other like character development and character stories come out. Um, like Jero was mentioning, like this is kind of cult, like continuing this like Lashana Heather feud when they kind of have their scuffle at the top of the cliff, and then Heather like goes up to Lashana and pretty much sells her all these lies like oh your earrings are great i like i want to make up like you needed to push me off that cliff because i wasn't going to do it so i needed that like and then like telling Lindsay that i was all a lie and she's just trying to cover her own ass to stay stay in the game longer or like so she said something like keep your enemies close friends friends close enemies closer yeah. and then Lindsay this was like
0: am i your friend you hate her why are you being nice to her have you ever seen one of these shows before <laughs>
1: And then she, like, Lindsay's like, I'm your friend, right? And she's like, yeah, for now, and stuff like that. Like, fully kind of getting in the character of Heather being the villain, Lindsay just kind of going along with it and being gullible. Um, and then also, like, within this section, as they kind of co- both complete the hot tubs, you know, Courtney's trying to take control and trying to, like, she's like this counselor in training, which is CIT. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't aware, um, but she was this counselor. <laughs> like the counselor and in-
0: brings it up a couple of times <laughs>
1: <laughs> well maybe the blind virgin didn't know what cit meant
0: well you'll definitely know by the next episode because i think it's even on the previously on
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> but she 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 tries to take charge for the, the killer bass team um and it, it doesn't really much go anywhere but um and then their hot tub is like boards coming together, like it's a mess. And then there's the bird with the, the plastic thing around its neck sitting in it. <laughs> and, just, and then when Chris touches it, it just like falls apart. And then the bird just rolls away. Yeah.
0: Please tell me the bird appears in like more episodes.
1: Oh, it, it does, for sure.
0: Like it's that was in the, the intro. That was definitely not. The... Honestly, that was the best surprise in this. Like, you know, every once in a while you get these jokes like, oh, and, oh, I lost my bathing suit. Ew. You know, like, you're like, okay, that's so predictable. Uh, but then you get these things like where they reveal the hot tubs and it's got duct tape around it, and the bird comes back with the plastic wrapped around his neck. It's just amazing.
1: Yeah, the bird is one of the best visual gags in <laughs> <at> the show. Yeah. <laughs> And then just like some of the other animals, just getting stuck in some random situations, like having the sharks, like you know, be pulled out of the water and stuff like that. Just the animals kind of are their own other element that makes so many funny jokes as well. Uh, Jared, do you have anything else to share on the kind of final scenes before we get to the tribal council?
2: Yeah, I just love when um, Courtney, like we said, she tries to take control. And you think, oh, maybe this is kind of the, the, they come from behind victory at this point. Like, are things going to turn around? And then instead, we see the Screaming Gophers, who have been together kind of the whole episode. We see them just teamwork, express it. And then the killer bass are just, they just can't do anything uh, well at this point. Um, it's a real clash. It's funny, I feel like the clashes of personality are more so on the Screaming Gophers with like the Heather and Lashawna feud, but the killer bass, there's just no uh, teamwork and it's such like a ragtag bunch of characters on that uh, tribe that they just can't get anything done. And and once again, just the, the bird thing is, is so good and the animals throughout the show, um, so many great character moments and I love that they all have their own personalities and really uh, factor it into the season.
1: So, just before they, like, arrive at the tribal council, or I forget what the word they use, like, campfire, bonfire ceremony, or whatever it was, they're, like, having dinner, or lunch, or whatever, probably dinner, because it's almost night, um, and they sort of have an open discussion at the table of who, who of their tribe, like, who should be eliminated, um, which we don't get too often on, you know, things like Survivor, but, um, like, they were, you know, people who were suggesting, you know, Courtney, like Duncan throws out Courtney because she didn't jump, and you know, DJ didn't jump, but like he's like a monster human, like he could probably lift heavy things, and she didn't seem too helpful, and she's like, I'm a CIT, and they're like, we know, um, and stuff like that, and then this is kind of really where the 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 drama of who's gonna go comes when Ezekiel makes all these comments, like, oh, you know, I mean, it's hard that hard to believe they won because they have all the women you know guys are stronger and smarter than women so like we're gonna like we should have won like all that kind of stuff and then eva almost kills him at the table um and so like the whole kind of bonfire ceremony is leading up to like depending on which of the two people that are kind of really on the topping lock go home courtney is she annoying enough is she going to be a team player or is ezekiel's uh attitude and who he is is going to rub enough people the wrong way is he going to go and that's like a trend of the the um, episodes is like when they have these ceremonies it's usually just between two people and everyone else is kind of safe so you'll kind of find that it's a little bit of a marker of who's kind of going is like who gets to edit but um, mm. still like get there's still so much that comes with it uh, obviously we don't get to see any tribal council votes or anything like that but I think that that's not really what we come here to see just see the characters and how everything kind of developed in in these moments. Um, Would you think of the open tribal discussion, Colin?
0: So I actually have a couple questions. Again, not to spoil too much, but as the blind virgin here. uh, With this show as it progresses, do you eventually get to the point where they address who votes for who? Because I was sort of i found it really confusing to watch this expecting it was going to be like this this person got this many votes and instead they're doing it like it's a bachelor thing it's like you get a rose you get a marshmallow you get a marshmallow you know and i'm like okay so are the producers deciding Do these people vote each other out because this obviously seems to be based on you know something dumb that you know ezekiel said but does this ever become a is it part of the show that it is the people voting the other ones out
1: you know, um, I don't know if they explicitly say it, but there's a point in the show where you know it's them voting, like okay. it's not producer like manipulated. And there's one time I will say that will like tease you, like stay tuned for this episode that the votes, like the, the votes, really matter. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say too much more, but the votes really matter in one of the episodes, mm-hmm. and it really just doesn't matter too much on the whole.
0: So unlike yeah. the points, the votes do matter, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I. I I like the whole idea that this show, I said this in the first episode, that you don't know that some, a major character could go halfway through. This is game of Thrones on animated television. You know, Um, it was pretty obvious to me when they had the whole, you know, um, uh, they have all the women. And I was like, what do you mean they have all the women? And I can't remember who it was coming to defense. It's not like he said that men are smarter than women. Well, they are. I I like that they threw this. But my dad told me this, which I thought was hilarious. But the fact that I had no clue who this character was until that scene, and then it comes out in trouble. Like I actually wrote in my notes that guy goes home until they mentioned the name Ezekiel afterwards. I'm like, okay, let me erase that. Put Ezekiel because I'm like, I don't know if this guy. This guy could have very well not been in the first you know episode and a half, and I would never have known. It's possible because he was just insignificant. So as soon as they started profiling him, I'm like, okay, this guy is gonna go.
2: Yeah, I think this is like we have kind of classic uh, Survivor with your boot and your decoy boot. Um, And it is very like that obvious um, as soon as Ezekiel opens his mouth and he hasn't been relevant, it's almost like as soon as a contestant kind of gets a confessional and pops out of nowhere that they're on your radar of somebody going home. I think from memory throughout, it gets a little bit better um, particularly when everybody's, I suppose, a bit more fleshed out. There's a bit more suspense on, on who's going home and what's going to happen. And alliances definitely become clearer as, as things go on. This is kind of one of the episodes where you don't really know uh, what lines people voted on. You're assuming all the girls voted for Ezekiel and then you don't really know kind of who else, anybody else uh, voted amongst that group. Mm-hmm. So I think as the intro to this, it's it's definitely a little bit confusing on, on how the votes fell, but it, that stuff definitely gets clearer um, as the show goes along. Um, but yeah, Ezekiel doesn't get a whole uh, heap of uh, character moments apart from his um, bumbling mistake. Yeah, like Jared said, it's kind of like the one episode where
1: it's like oh, it looks like, like if you had to pick like, oh, Courtney's the one who's made the most waves and then this idiot says something and then it's kind of like, oh, well, yeah, like, you kind of picked it out right away. Um, so, like, I think, it, like Jared said, it definitely does get better, and I think when it gets more intense, it's like, this is, like, the first boot. You know, it's not, there's not too much, you know, uh, suspense about it because, mm. like, there's still so many people you got to deal with and stuff like that. So it's kind of just, like, get rid of someone, not really helping. Like, they're the weak link, get rid of them, kind of stuff like that. Um until so they walk down the dock of shame and get on the boat of losers and <laughs> are, are gone. Uh, yeah, and then we have one less person for Colin to remember at this point. So <laughs> it's a big win going forward. Only 23 so. more. <laughs> Is it 20? How many were they started with?
0: I think it's 24. 22? Well, I thought they introduced 12 first and then... I mean, somewhere between 22 and 24. Okay, yeah, a lot. <laughs> in, the yeah, in the 20s. Somewhere in the, the, the to low, low, low to mid-20s.
2: Yeah. Around the cost of Australian Survivor, but slightly longer <laughs> eight weeks at this camp. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, well, I look forward to the next season of Australian Survivor with Total Drama Island rules. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of the end of this. We kind of get teased a little bit about next week you know courtney makes like a, a camera like jim Helper to the camera moment where she's like monologuing a little bit um but then that's really kind of the end of the episode we get a little tease for the episode to come and stuff like that but um that's really it for the bulk end of the premiere uh so yeah uh great episode a great second i don't even know what this part two great part two mm-hmm. uh um uh, does this get its own buy rent bin I... yeah okay
0: colin at least for me um yeah I'm so still, i'm still on the fence I'm, I'm definitely higher on this one than the first one because i feel like we got more than just the introductions like we got a little bit of story we got this great challenge there were a few too many. I don't, I don't want to like rain on the parade. Like I'm definitely into the show, but there were a few too many jokes that I just thought were kind of flat in this one. Uh, but then there was the bird. <laughs> like I would buy it for the bird. Oh, do it. Uh, I'm gonna give a very strong rent to this one. Uh, again, for the same reason. I feel like if this were one episode, it would be a lot easier to uh to to go with it. But yeah, the bird, though. The bird. Uh, I'll go with the red. Jared? Uh
2: I definitely think this is buy worthy I think it's stronger than the first half or, or or part one of kind of this intro. I think we get a lot more character development. There's still obviously a few people who we know nothing about at this point, but the whole Cliff challenge is great, uh, and it provides space for kind of a one-by-one get to know the character segments and we see a little bit more interaction between people here. We get the bonfire ceremony. Um, the marshmallows will always be great. Like it's just such a, a funny kind of trope that, that plays off this um, camp setting really well. And Doc of Shame, Boat of Losers uh, chef moments in there. I just think it's all a really uh, neatly tied up episode that's worthy of a buy.
1: Well, I bought the first one and, uh, I think that everyone's uh, comments have only said that this was even better. So I doubt that I'm going to uh, drop my rating to anything. So I'm going to keep that the buy. Um, I-, I will say I'm wondering if there's like, I feel like th- the nostalgia of this is so strong, like stronger than anything I've ever s- covered here, like in, ri- in podcasting. So we're going to see if I'm going to be- do anything other than buy any of these oh. episodes. We'll have to see when we get to it. Um, but so far two buys, um, and we'll see how this goes for the rest of the series and and how we cover that. But that is it for us. And we should
0: well, we should tell oh, people timelines that um, you know obviously this being a two parter, we aired it the last two days back to back. But uh, it'll be once a week episodes after this, so don't expect another episode tomorrow. But we'll be back next week.
1: Yeah, what he said. Yeah and listen to the Oz Network things that are being produced at this time.
0: Oh, all that great stuff. Oh,
1: Yeah, so many good things. Don't listen to Ben, but listen to me. (laughs) I'm sure I've got things out there. Um, And yeah, comment, subscribe, give us five-star reviews. Um, You'll know it's super here. Great, clear audio quality here. So uh, we only like five-star reviews. And that'll do fun.